What is up and welcome to the ANA Sports Show. I am your host, Anthony Cortez, and I am joined alongside my two good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Alexander Ashley. What's going on, everybody? And Mr. Kevin Rowe. You're welcome. Appreciate hey. you showing up, Kev. Always happy to be here. Yes, sir. For those of you, you know, that don't know, uh, considering seriously, man, seriously. For those that don't know, we're three good friends that get together uh, pretty much every week uh, to get uh, to talk good and bad the onion sports, EA sports. Every so often, we talk movies and music and what whatnot. So you know, nonsense gets thrown every once in a while, but what nonsense won't get thrown in. But uh, the whole genesis of the show is to talk sports. And Alex likes to start off our shows with useless information, so I'm hoping he has some today. Go ahead, sir. I always have some, whether it be about sports or otherwise. So let's start off with the coaching carousel of uh, 2021 into 2022. We now have eight coaches throughout the course of this year that have officially lost their job of head coaches at their respective organizations. Starting off with the Giants, we have Joe Judge. After just two years, he is out of there. Uh, Apparently, it was chaotic in the building which is what was being said urban meyer is out for the jags we all kind of know what happened there super toxic we saw a lot of stuff come to light uh vic vangio was out as the broncos head coach um which kind of makes sense they haven't been doing great they have some interesting pieces we'll kind of see how they go in the future uh matt Nagy is out as the bears head coach mike zimmer is also out as the vikings head coach um one of the probably more surprising ones um is Brian Flores for the Dolphins, uh, John Gruden for the Raiders. Of course, we kind of saw what happened there. People had mixed reactions to that. And then, in my opinion, probably the most surprising, some degree, I guess, is David Coley of the Texans uh, after one year getting booted out of his position uh, in Houston. Now, moving on to the second highlight, because we have not been talking quite as much about the NBA, I figured I would just update everybody very quickly as to the rankings, somewhat for our you know, information and for anybody else who is listening. So in the East right now, it starts off with the Bulls, the Nets, the Heat, the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Cavs that make up your top six. And the bottom four that would play for those last two spots are going to be made up of the Hornets, the Raptors, the Wizards, and the Celtics. Kind of surprising to see the Celtics so low. I guess maybe the transition for Brad Stevens to anybody else is kind of interesting. Um, of course, the Hornets have been kind of an interesting point with uh, – one of the ball brothers and Gordon, you know, they had a great year last year. We're kind of seeing them develop the calves being in the top six is kind of interesting. They started off super hot, have cooled off into that uh, six spot, but still impressive. Nonetheless, also the 76ers being as good as they are considering they are out uh, Ben Simmons and to some degree, Tobias Harris, who they're trying to shop with Ben Simmons um, because of his ginormous contract and him being only an okay player. Now in the West, uh, we have the Suns, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Jazz, the Mavericks, and the Nuggets rounding out your top six. And again, in that bottom four slot, you have the Clippers, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Blazers. Uh, of course, the Suns have been dominant for two years now, to some degree, you know, maybe even choked in the championship last year, should have won it. The Wizards have been looking great. They now have Clay Thompson back and he posterized and mean mugged in day one so it's really cool to see him back um or the grizzlies with jaw jaw no jaw morant yeah jaw morant i was right um and they're really young squad are really developing they were you know pretty far down the totem pole towards the beginning of the season 
that I've really developed. Uh, the fact that the Lakers are still in it, considering that I think every one of them is getting AARP letters at this point is kind of interesting. Um, and then last but not least, uh, we have the Spurs, who are not even in the 10 spot, nor the 11, but finally in the 12. And again, that's just because I'm a fan of heartache. Um, we are not looking good. <laughs> uh, did get uh, and then the- last but not huh? we did get it. We did crack the top 10 at one point. Yeah, just- for a little bit. Um, COVID, we, we had a bunch of dudes go into COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. one, I, at one point, I think we had like at least five or six. And like, it was probably half the team in, pro, in protocol. Sure. And a lot of these teams are kind of seeing these ebb and flows. The NBA is kind of given this the, the 10-day contract to run for its money, uh, picking up like random players just kind of fill in uh, where they can. So it's still impressive to see these teams, some of the good ones and some of the bad ones, kind of where they are considering what's been going on in the league. Uh, and then last but not least, just a very quick update for the soccer fan out there. Pretty much just talking to myself whenever I listen back to these things. Um, so the African Cup of Nations is going on. And I think this is one that people need to pay a little more attention to as far as international cups go. Um, this has, what is that, four times whatever. So almost 30 different teams uh, vying to be the best team in Africa. Uh, of course, you have some of the favorites, Cameroon, Nigeria, um, Algeria is another big one, the Ivory Coast, um, Tunisia, who's always kind of been a tough one, Ghana, the Black Stars, um, because of the Black Star and their flag. Um, so just very quickly running down after about a week or so, a couple of weeks of everybody being playing. Right now, Cameroon and uh, Bernakia Faso are in the top of Group A. You have Ghana and Senegal uh, in Group B. Um, Cape Verde is very close to being number two in Group A, by the way, Cape Verde Island, so that's exciting to see. They're a very small nation right off of the coast of Africa. You have Gabon and Morocco uh, in Group C, although Ghana, like I said, is definitely going to make a push. Uh, Nigeria uh, and Guinea-Bissau for Group D with Egypt in there, which has Mohamed Salah, who is arguably top five players in the world right now. So we'll kind of see how that adjusts Uh, the Ivory coast and Algeria are top of group E that will very likely stay that way. And then we have Gambia and Mali in group F Uh, and Mali and Tunisia had a ridiculous game with some ridiculous things. Like at one point the referee blew the whistle to end the game three times too early, not like three times, but like he did it three separate times. Uh, He made them all come back on the field. One team wouldn't do it. One team did one team like scored a goal and like when nobody was there somehow and they were going to count it, but they couldn't count it. So it was like a ridiculous, a ridiculous situation. Um, but as of right now, Gambia and Mali sit at the top of group F. Um, so like I said, this just needs more attention. There are fantastic players littered throughout these teams. Um, you know, and as we pay attention to Spanish tournaments and English tournaments and French tournaments, we really need to pay attention to, this one, not only because it's its entire continent, not just countries. So there's my soapbox for the day. One day, if we ever start a podcast network, I'm having you start a soccer podcast solely so we don't have to talk about it anywhere else. Yeah. Bring you guys in as guests. Um, and hey, quietest uh, podcast ever. We'll get to NBA eventually. It's just, I, I thought about this the other night. I was like, College football is over for the year. Uh, soon NFL is going to be over for the year. All that we're going to have is NBA. So we're going to get to it eventually. And I saw at some point. Yeah, Clay. Uh, Clay had 17 points in his in his uh, return after. Yes, he um, did. So yeah. 
Um, but all right, NFL playoffs. We are in wild. I'm not going to call it wild card, or I'm not going to call it super wild card weekend. That was last weekend, right? This is wild card weekend coming up. Yeah, this is super wild card weekend. Is it really? Yeah, mm-hmm. they only have one wild card weekend. Okay, well then, yeah, it I guess I, I, I guess I did see that right. Where it's super wild card weekend. But Kev, hey, congrats, real quick, man. You finally, you finally beat the beat me and in, in our pickums and earned that top spot. I honestly was lazy with those picks, so I'm I'm gonna take complete blame for that. But hey, bravo to you, sir. Yeah, and taking I'm the, the title, champ. taking my t- title as a fantasy football champ this year. Yeah, yeah. One of us has got to beat you in playoffs. Better <laughs> <laughs> hope so. Otherwise, it's clean sweep. I can't let him sweep. Speaking speaking of fantasy, for those for I don't know if any of the guys that played with us uh, or listened to us at all, but if you do, we appreciate y'all playing again with us this year. Um, anybody that played me probably won pretty easily because I just did not pay attention at all. I'm not gonna say I didn't care. I just didn't. I like didn't take the time to. We'll, we'll give you a pass because you have a newborn. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kev. But uh, not 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 so much next year. Next year you better no you better next come year. Hard. Next year I know I I need to bring it so. Yeah, I'll be better. But thanks to the thanks to if we have any of those guys, listening, I think we, I think you might have did better this year than you did last year. I don't think I did. <laughs> he, honestly. Was in, he was in the in the actual playoff bracket with us. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Last year I made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. But anyways, thanks to the thanks to our guys for playing with us. Uh, for anybody listening, for any of our guys listening out there, we appreciate it. We'll play it again next year too. Um, we want to go over pickums from last week, or do we just want to talk Super Wild Card Weekend, boys? Let's just talk wild card weekend. All right. I would agree. Yeah. Saturday's games, as we're getting ready to ramp up, uh, this will be out by Saturday. But uh, Saturday's games include the Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, Bengals are coming in as five point, as five and a half, uh, five and a half favorites. Um, over under on this game is 49. That's, does that seem low or high to y'all? about right i think yeah i was like that seems probably pretty accurate i know we never really talk about the over and unders but i mean seems seems fun to talk about it now i think the whole thing is that a lot of people have been very surprised about how explosive not okay not surprising that it couldn't happen but surprised at how early it's happening for the Bengals and how explosive they've been this season jamar chase T. Higgins, like this, it was very exciting. I mean, and yeah, they were scoring quite a bit, and it seemed to be pretty often. Um, but I think that probably a 49 is is probably pretty close to what it should be. Um, yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah, especially with that Bengals offense, if they're clicking, I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, sure, exactly. That's, that's like, a pretty, yeah, so. Do we want to go through all the games and uh, and then make our picks, or do we just want to go one by one? Oh, let's go one by one for sure. All right. Yeah, we're already talking about it. So all right, yeah. Raiders. Yeah. yeah, Raiders are visiting the Bengals in Cincinnati. In Cincy, Bengals are a five and a half point favorite. I'll start us off. I I like Bengals. I like the Cincinnati. Or sorry, I like Cincy's chances at home. I really do. Um, they both finished with the same record, but I mean Raiders. I don't know. They just you. you after they well, after that win last week, I don't know. You might be coming in with some momentum. You are coming in with some momentum, but still, the Bengals at home. If that offense is clicking, uh, Burrow to Chase with that connection, and even Higgins, uh, like Alex mentioned, Mixon is a is a great running back as well. Um, 
I like the Bengals' chances at home. I'll take the Bengals at home. I don't know if I'd call it uh, momentum for the Raiders. I think it's more of how did the Chargers screw themselves again? Brandon Staley calling that time out there at the end of the game. Like, no. Anyway, uh, no, I like the Bengals. I like the way the Jamar Chase has really stepped up into that number one wide receiver role, how Joe Burrow's really uh, matured as a, a quarterback in the NFL. And, uh, of course, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, as their running back, just running over everything. Not to mention their defense is, is a pretty decent defense in this league. So if I had to take my ch- chances on either one of these teams going into the next round, it would be Cincy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Cincinnati is probably the safe way to go. Um I will put the caveat, though, if it's a close game going into the fourth quarter, I do think that – Huh? Can't count out Carlson in those situations, right? Right. So the Raiders are 6-0 in overtime games or games when it's come down to the final drive and they have the ball. Now, will that ever happen again? Probably not. That's that's an incredible feat, right? That is – that's unbelievable to be that – like, I guess consistently lucky. I, I mean, they put themselves in the position to win and then they executed. But to do it like that in those kind of pressure situations is crazy. And, and even given the fact that they have an interim head coach who this is his first head coaching position in 39 years, you lose a guy in tragic fashion. You have another guy who had another DUI issue. So, you know, it's been kind of a really turbulent season and the fact that Derek Carr has kind of been able to do what he's done is impressive so if it's a close game in the fourth quarter I will go Las Vegas um but I think because of the the energy that the Bengals will will likely be bringing is because they're so young uh you know because they have Anyway, defensive-minded head coach, I do think that they'll, he'll put himself in the best position to kind of help win the game. I'm not worried about the offense. Um, you know, and the Bengals played Las Vegas in Las Vegas earlier this season and won like 32 to 12. Uh, and everybody was generally healthy. Everybody was kind of generally there. Um, so it's not like, oh, well, we were missing Waller, Jacobs, and Derek Carr. No, you had your guys and you just kind of got beat, right? Um, so I think Cincinnati is probably the, the safe bet in this case, you know what I mean? Close game or is it a blowout? It'll be one of those two. (laughs) I think it's going to be within a touchdown or two. Within a touchdown or two? You say like about 10 points, Kev? Yeah, sounds about right for me. Okay. So they cover the spread. I'm going to go within a touchdown. I think seven and below. Seven and below. Gotcha. So they cover the spread easily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Patriots are visiting the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, Bills come in with a one-game better record, uh, eleven and six over ten and seven. Um, this one's a little hard for me. I want to say the Patriots. <laughs> I want to say the Patriots only because I think Bill can find a way to cut up that defense and 
I also think, it would be, I mean, the, the Patriots are always a defensive-minded team as well. And I just think they can run the ball a little bit better than the Bills can. And I'm going to – well, not a little bit. They probably can run the, the ball better than the Bills can because they did it within the regular season. Um, I like the Patriots' chances at home. I think, uh, I think the rookie QB gets it done over Josh Allen. I don't, I don't think Josh it's, Allen can do it all. It's in Buffalo. And? You said at home. Does oh, that sorry, have any sorry, effect sorry, on sorry. your? Sorry, but does that have any effect on your thinking? No. no. Okay. <clears throat> so you like the Patriots? I think so, Kev. Okay. This one's. I agree with you. This one's tough. And you're talking about the over and under. I think over under forty four is maybe a little high for this game. That is a little uh, high. I would agree with that. That. Uh, I mean, this is supposed. This is going to be a cold game. It's going to be single digits. It's going to be windy. Uh, they're saying gusts of like about 15, 20 miles an hour. It's not anything like it was the last time it was in Buffalo this year because that was like wind gusts of like 50 miles an hour. But um, so, so you're probably it, it's going to pose the question what is Josh McDaniel's uh, game plan for the offense for New England? Is because I don't think they're going to have uh, Mac Jones only throw three times again. I, I don't see that happen. And I don't be, see it being successful if they try it. But at the same point, I don't know. The Patriots are very good at figuring things out when it comes to things like this. And I'm kind of with you, Anthony. I kind of want to go New England on here. Both teams are used to playing. Well, I'm not going to say. Well, yeah, both teams historically yeah. are used to playing in, in the code. I don't or think that'll be it. I don't think that'll be an issue. If Mac Jones has to throw less, I just I trust the Patriots run game over the Bills because Josh Allen can't do it all. Yeah. Uh, so I am actually going to go the other way on this one. So I'm going to be the first one to break away from from the streak. Um, we were what five for six so far in the same picks. Um, so here's the thing. It, a lot of times it is who has the better quarterback when it comes to the playoffs, who has the overall better head coach, who has the overall better X, Y, and Z, right? Um, and if you kind of look at how teams have been playing over the last, like, three, four, five weeks, playoffs are a different beast, but you kind of get a sense of how the team is going. Um, for a while there, Buffalo was real kind of up and down, Right. They have won their last five games, including a game in New England versus Bill, where they won by 12 points. Um, now, they did play a couple of weeks before that, uh, and the Patriots did win that game 14 to 10. That's the game where they only had three throws, right? But here's the kind of thing. Matt Jones is playing, like, the worst football that he's been playing lately. The game in Jacksonville was Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie. Um, but they lost in Miami. They lost versus the Bills. They lost versus the Colts, who also lost versus the Jaguars in the last game, and that's a fucking embarrassment. They have two wins in their last five, uh, and I just right now think that because the offense is going to be pretty one-dimensional because of how bad Mac Jones is playing, all you got to do is stop one thing, and that's that's the run. Um, and I think that you've seen that with a lot of these other games, too. If you look at what Miami did, if you look at what Buffalo did in their, their last game, you did look at what Indy did. They stopped the run and then made Mac Jones win the game, and he can't 
he can't do that. You know what I mean? Um, Bill Belichick's defenses are always great, but you have Josh Allen, you have Diggs, you have a running back by committee that can get the job done. They're not very good individually, but they get the job done as a whole. And their defense is also pretty good. Um, so I think the versatility of the Bills will be able to shut down the one-sided or the one-handed New England Patriots, especially at home. And if they're not going to fucking win, like when are they going to win? You know what I mean? At what point are the Bills going to beat the Patriots? I mean, that's the whole Georgia, Alabama, big brother, little brother. You know what I mean? Rap noise. Um, but yeah, so if Georgia can do thing it. That, uh, what happened to your statement of uh, it, it, you got to do it in order for us to believe it? Well, like it's, happened, and it's happened one time like four days ago. So, and good, finally. I mean, I'm glad. First time Alabama's won a championship since like 80. 1980, or Georgia won a championship since 1980. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I am a Georgia fan. I like the Bulldogs. I like their football team, especially because they're actually good <laughs> um, versus like the Longhorns, but uh, <laughs> who are ass. But anyway, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go the Bills. And this one, it's at home. They're pretty one-dimensional. You know what I mean? All you got to do is stop the run. All right. <laughs> On to our Sunday games, the uh, the 12 o'clock matchup will be the Eagles visiting the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay comes in as an eight-and-a-half favorite. Over-under in this game is 46. That seems about right for me, at least. Um, I like the Bucks at home. Uh, the they had kind of an up and down year coming down, coming in at 13 and four. I say up and down coming in at 13 and four, but um, I still like the bucks at home. It's Tom Brady versus, I don't even know. Is Jalen hurts starting? Yes. Um, yeah. I'll take my chances with the bucks. Um, granted. I mean, will the bucks make a deep playoff run? That's for, that's for next week or for, you know, a future episode, but still, I think the bucks get the opening opening uh, weekend win or, you know, yeah, opening weekend playoff win. Eagles are 0-7 against playoff teams this year. That's all I need to say. <laughs> it's Bucks. It's going to be Bucks. Eagles are way outmatched in this game. Yeah, I mean, yes. I think it's definitely going to be the Buccaneers. Although I do think we need to have some conversations about Tampa Bay as a whole. There's no, a recipe that Tom Brady follows, and I don't think he has all the ingredients right now. So I think that's going to make for a very interesting playoff series, playoff run for him in this 2021 run. Um, I agree. I don't think they're going to run away with it like they did last year. No, but no, they the Eagles not. are. You know, they're a decent team. We thought they were a lot worse when the season started. Jalen Hurts has proved that he can win games. Nick Sirianni, you know, has won the most games as. And he had what more the most games out of all head coaches that were hired this last year. Um, and they kind of have an interesting just run-based offense. Devontae Smith has been really good. Um, broke the single season rookie record for uh receiving yards. Um, so they're an interesting team, and maybe they'll make it an interesting game. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Um, but I yeah, I think this would be probably in my mind of any game on the docket, the biggest upset uh, of the weekend, if, if this were to happen. I don't think it will, but this would be the upset. You, know what I mean? think, so? you, think, you think so? 
Yeah. Really? No, no, I'm not saying like it's the most likely to happen, but I'm saying it would be the biggest. Gotcha. That makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. Kev, the run to the, the the road to the next Super Bowl goes there starts with the 49ers, the 3:30 matchup in Dallas. I'm gonna let you start us off. I already know where you're going with, but explain why. Oh, Cowboys. Uh, it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a really tough game. A lot of experts are picking this as as the upset pick. I don't know if I see that happening. Um, I just don't trust Jimmy G in big spots. Uh, I think. The uh, the Cowboys are very good at creating turnovers, and Jimmy Jean can be prone to giving away turnovers. And when the Cowboys have turnovers in a the game, they are nearly unbeatable this season. So, um, so yeah, I'll I'll go the Cowboys here. I think they're going to have force a fumble or an interception or something, and that's just going to turn the tide of this game. I forgot to mention that the um, – or let me get to it real quick here. Sorry. I uh, forgot to mention that the uh, the line is at three uh, – Dallas is favored by three. Can't see the over and under right now, but um, – 51. 51. Wow. That seems very high. But, hey, with the way the Cowboys have been scoring the past couple of games, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, 49ers too. They've been scoring some points. Alex, is it the Cowboys for you? Uh, don't hate me, Kev. I'm going to go with no just to create some interesting controversy. So here's the thing. You say you don't trust Jimmy G. I don't trust your head coach. He has proven multiple sure. times throughout the season that he cannot manage the clock. And Jimmy G might be one of the better two-minute drill quarterbacks that we've seen because all he has to do is get the ball to Kittle or Debo Samuel. Um, and yeah, Trayvon Diggs is a turnover machine, but he also leads the leagues in yards allowed and touchdowns allowed as a single corner. So it's, it's about this super high reward, high risk situation, but that's who I think they would put on him is the high reward, high risk guy. And I don't trust a high reward, high risk guy when it comes to the playoffs. Um, the 49ers are now healthy for probably the last three weeks, which will be the first three weeks all season, they kind of had their core guys together. Um, you know, they're winning good games. They're, they're beating good teams. They just beat the Bengals. They beat the Rams. They lost to the Titans by three. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where this is the kind of team that is dangerous in the playoffs because of their ability to run the ball. Um which Dallas also has, which is good. But again, it's one of those things where if you can keep the other team off the field, it makes it hard to score. You know what I mean? Um, so I trust right now a little bit more the head coach because he hasn't shown that I, I can't in situations. It's just kind of been neutral. Um, the play style. And, and, and maybe, maybe – there's some expectation. I don't, I don't know if that will actually be a factor or not, but because they're professionals and fucking what am I, but I don't know if there's any like expectation in the heads of Cowboys. You know what I mean? Oh, well we have to do this. And they start, they start trying to play bigger and better than they are. I hope that's not the case. Um, Cause that would make for a terrible game. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with 49ers in this one, but it's cool to see this old rivalry renewed in the playoffs. That's pretty cool. It is, yeah. The first time the uh, five-time Super Bowl champs have faced each other in the playoffs. Nice. Is it really? 
That's why we have. I guess there's all, there's so few of them though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. The Fun. Patriots, the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Cowboys, pretty much, right? Yeah. I think those are the only four. I think so. Thanks for the fun fact of the day, Kev. That's why we have you here, man. Man, I, I dude, for your oh. sake, I, I love you and I want to say Cowboys, but I'm having a hard time with it right now. Alex is pretty much didn't convince me, but I mean, this is true. Mike McCarthy just has proven that, you know, managing the clock is in, is in his forte. And I worry that it's going to come down to that type of situation. Um, I mean, I do think you have the better team. Does that always, does that mean you always win? No. Um, it's at home. You know, you'd like to say you feel comfortable at home, but I mean, realistically, Cowboys, do you really feel comfortable at home? I mean, I'm I'm gonna freak, I'm more I'm, comfortable than anywhere else. Yeah, seriously, I'm gonna say Cowboys, Kev. I love you, Ben. I'm gonna say Cowboys, but I, it's gonna be a close game. I think you get out of there barely. I, I really I do. It is too. I got one more fun fact for you too. The last four times that these teams played each other, the winner goes on to win the Super Bowl. Well, keep telling yourself that, Kev. Nice. There you go. Let's let's just live by that for the for for the rest of the week, okay? I will ride that. If the Cowboys win this game, I will ride that until the, the end of the playoffs. We got to make a stipulation, man. We got to make it make a stipulation for like if if and when they do win the Super Bowl this year. Like you got to do something. Like I don't know, but we got to come up with something. Kevin's got to do something. Got to do something. No, y'all got to do something for me. <laughs> something. I don't know. Something. Like that, you already had your team win. You're fine. <laughs> they don't need to do shit for you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Last the last Sunday game is going to be the Steelers and Chiefs. KC is obviously coming in as a favorite, 12 and a half. I can't see the over under on my phone. Can somebody help me out? 46. Uh, 46. 46. That seems right. Um, probably Big Ben's last game, last professional game. Um, Chiefs at home for me. I think it's, I think, I think Big Ben will make it interesting, but uh, Chiefs will pull it out at home. It's got to be the Chiefs. The Chiefs are – the Steelers were lucky to get into the playoffs as it was. <laughs> yeah, I think – so I think there are two teams that they probably didn't want to see. It was probably the Steelers and the 49ers because of the way that they run the offense, grind the ball on Najee Harris over and over again, small passes to Deontay Johnson, just move the ball up and up. Uh I don't think it'll be enough, but I think this will be a little bit of a closer game than people might think. Mike Tomlin is a hell of a coach, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Um, and I think that you can run the ball against the Chiefs if you really want to. So Chiefs win. 12 and a half is far too much. I agree with that. Uh, Monday night game, Cardinals visit the Rams in L.A., in Englewood, I should say. Rams are coming in as a four-point favorite. That's a little surprising for me. But anyways, um, Matt Stafford hasn't been playing great lately. Um, that worries me. Alex, I'm going to let you start us off. <laughs> uh, I think he's really only had like one bad game. Yeah, he's only had one bad game in the last five. He had a 139 passer rating, a 106 rating, a 96 rating, a 93 rating. He had one bad game, which was a 46, uh, and a game that they still won. 
in Minnesota against Minnesota. So he hasn't actually been playing badly. As a matter of fact, after Thanksgiving, he had been playing better this season than he had for the other half of the season, actually. So Matt Stafford is, is trending up as opposed uh, to down. They have Sony Michelle, who at this point is now kind of trending up versus trending down. They have Cooper Cup. Of course, it sucks that they have Robert Wood, but you've seen the implementation of, of OBJ and Van Jefferson getting a lot more touches as well. So that's kind of cool to see. Um, the thing that scares me was the overconfidence that the Rams showed against the Raiders or the 49ers in the last game that they played when they were up by like three or so touchdowns and then ended up losing in overtime. Um, that ego and that kind of confidence, I think, got popped. And so it's one of those things where do they take that? Do they wrangle it right? And do they finish the game the way they're supposed to? Or do they take that? Do they let it shake them mentally? And, and do they, you know, underperform? When the Rams went to Arizona to play the the red, the sea of red or whatever they call it, they ended up winning that game by touchdown. Conversely, when the Rams came or when they, the, 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 the Cardinals came to L.A., um, they won by 17 points. Um, you know, it, it's it, – it's kind of an interesting ordeal. You know, they the the they being the Cardinals in their last five games lost to the Rams, lost to the fucking Lions, beat the Colts, beat the Cowboys, although they probably shouldn't have, and then lost to the Seahawks, who are just a mess. So really, if anybody is trending up right now, it is the Rams. And if anybody is trending down right now, it is the Cardinals. Now the saving grace for the cards is Kyler Murray in that anything off script for him, like if he's able to play off script, there's nothing that the Rams can do to practice against that. You know what I mean? It's just containment. Contain Kyler Murray the best that you absolutely can. Um, but I do think that the Cardinals will have too many injuries at some key spots. They haven't been the same since JJ Watt and uh DeAndre Hopkins went down. They haven't been the same in the last five weeks. I do think the Rams will win this, especially being at home. Sean McVay is a smart head coach. He knows that this is an opportunity that he has to take advantage of, playing at home versus this kind of team. And I think that he will figure out a way to get it done. The, the Wunder kid will figure this out. Um, so I have the Rams. I think four is probably a pretty fair number. I agree. I think this is going to be a tight game. Um, looking at the rosters right now, as far as um, the Cardinals, the Cardinals uh, running back is, is questionable. And, but I mean, everybody's I think questionable at this point. Yeah. Everybody's questionable at this point, but I think if, if Kyler Murray needs to get some, needs to get some yards with his feet, he will. Um, I'm going to go Rams in a very, very close game. Uh, I think this will be a close game. Like it'll be with the with Cowboys and 49ers, but I think the Rams escape. Okay, we already know who you're going with. Why? How do you know who I'm going with? Yeah, I was like, know. who do you know? Who's he going with? Because he doesn't like the Rams. Actually, I was going Rams here because I kind of agree with Alex on this. Is that of the teams that are in trending, the Cardinals are not trending well. <laughs> You know, yeah, they're going to get J.J. Watt back, but he's not going to be at a limited capacity for this game. Um, and I don't think that's going to be enough to handle the Rams. The Rams, while well, Alex is saying he's been trending up, they've been trending up. 
I feel like they've just been kind of muddling along. Like they've been sneaking by, getting by with the wins that they need to get, or barely losing. Like they weren't blowing us away like they were at the beginning of the year. That being said, I do think they're a better team than the Cardinals. I do think they have more talent. They're better coached. So I think they're going to win this game, but it's going to be close. All righty. That finishes off the Super Wild Card weekend. Real quick, before we move on to the to the Coolidge guys, one dark horse in the AFC to make a deep run and one dark horse in the NFC. I don't know if it counts as a dark horse right now uh, since they won their division, but – I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Bengals win a, win a few playoff games and, and mess around and get into the AFC championship game. really wouldn't be surprised. Let me pull up a better bracket. So define a dark horse. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't know. I'm just saying dark horse as in like team least expected. Team least expected to make to make it far. I don't know. Which is why, which is why I started that with like, well, they won their. So division. basically, anybody who's not Green Bay or Tennessee. Sure. I have. I mean, Cap. Um. Maybe the Titans? But they, well, yeah. Titans are number one seed. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody trusts the Titans. Yeah, I mean. Getting Derrick – they have the number one seed and they've been without Derrick Henry all year and they're getting him back. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call that a dark horse anymore. They're getting him back? What? Yeah. He's going to be back. He's back for the playoffs. I thought he was going to be back the last game of the regular season. Which <clears> really <throat> fucking helped me in fantasy. But No. I thought, he, I thought he was done. No, no, he's coming back. What? That's a game changer right there. That is. Uh, I'm trying not to state the obvious for me, obviously, because I'm I'm leaning Cowboys, obviously. But if I have to go any team other than the Cowboys, Well, for you, why do the Cowboys? Why do the Cowboys make it to the at least make it to the NFC Championship right now? Why do they do that? <clears throat> you're going to have to go through Green Bay. You're probably going to have to greet, beat Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I I do think they need to beat the Green uh, the Packers at some point. Obviously, um, I think they can get by the 49ers. I think. After that year with the two seed, you got the Bucks. They played the Bucks very hard. They did very well against them in the first week of the season, even though they lost. And the Bucks are more injured and shorthanded than they were in the first week of the season, uh, going up against the dynamic offense in the Cowboys. I can see the Cowboys upsetting them there and then playing the Packers in the NFC Championship, assuming the Packers beat. Um, Whoever they beat, which would be the Rams, in my opinion. So, so I think that's going to be a good one. Um, I would love to see a rematch of that game, the Des Bryant game. (laughs) That'd be fun. That was a catch. That was a catch. 
Alex, you got anybody? I mean, I guess let's go with the Rams and the Bengals. Okay. I guess to make runs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, okay, so Rams – or excuse me, so Bengals beat the Raiders, so then they play either the Bills or the Patriots. And they would likely be in – Basically the Northeast. So the weather's going to be super shitty. It's going to be tough. You know what I mean? Uh, but the Bills at some point have been fairly inconsistent, you know what I mean, um, throughout this year. So to some degree, you could catch them on a bad day and put up a lot of points because their defense is good but not great. You know what I mean? Um, so maybe you could beat them. I don't, I don't know if you make it past the AFC or the AFC championship, but, and then the Rams. Okay. So they beat the Cardinals and they have to play the Cowboys or San Francisco. You know, I think they would probably have a better chance of beating the Cowboys. So for whatever reason, the past five matchups, Sean McVay can't beat Kyle Shanahan. Literally the past five games they played. Oh, for five. Uh, so then they would have to play green Bay and, you know, they have some history in the playoffs. We've kind of seen how that goes. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things like, eh. <laughs> yeah. maybe the Bills, maybe the Bills versus the Bengals instead. Bills yeah. could probably beat the Bengals, especially because it's so shitty. You know, and I'd rather have to play the Titans than Kansas City, and maybe the Titans with Derrick Henry have what it takes to to get that job done. The Bills have a good game. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Bills and Bills and Rams. Those are my, my two. Bills and Rams? Bills and Rams. My oh shits. That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, I'm going to say Dallas in the NFC. Um, I, I'm really scared. Not scared. I mean, I, like I, I'm saying it's like I care at all. Um, you, I think you, I think you, sh- you could beat the 49ers and make a deep uh, and make a uh, a deep run, Kev. But uh, just getting past the first round, I think, is going to be key. Um, I just don't see. Yeah, I don't really see anybody else as a dark horse. Um, so. I think because there's so few teams that play, it's hard to pick a really like a dark horse. You're really just going to have to pick the two worst teams. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, which Dallas isn't the worst team, but no. So in that case, you're looking at the Eagles, the Raiders and the, the uh, other team. Yeah. And I, I almost know. wouldn't even put the Raiders in that regard. Cause the Raiders, like you said, are one of the best close game mm-hmm. uh, right. teams in the league. So yeah, you pretty much just got to say the Eagles or the, the Steelers. Bengals. Yes. Yeah, Steelers too. Yeah, yeah. not Bengals. I, I, Even then, I'm, yeah, I'm still kind of putting them. Bengals as my AFC dark horse because, like, I'm kind of like Alex on this one. Is they got they got some good pieces. They got they're honestly playing with house money because yeah. nobody thought they'd be at this point in this in their rebuild. Um, they got the Raiders, who I think they have a good shot of beating. If they beat the Raiders, they're probably going to be playing the Chiefs, who they've already beaten this year. So they could do it again potentially, <clears throat> and then have a matchup with either uh, Tennessee or the Patriots or the Bills. And uh, 
they've played both of those teams. I think they played both of them. I don't know. I had to look that up. Um, but I think that Cincinnati could potentially make it to the, at least the AFC Championship. That's what I'm going to say. It's a tough road, but there's, yeah. potential. It, there's potential. Yep, that's a tough road, but you can do it. It should be a fun weekend, boys. We'll see where we are uh, next week. Um, before we move on to, and talk some college guys, um, let's talk about our friends real quick at Baseballism. They're not all baseball-related. They're probably going to come for baseball people. If you're a baseball fan, you should be wearing Baseballism. It's that simple. It's America's brand, official off the field brand for baseball. Visit them at baseballism.com, and while you're there, use our code AA Sports. Our initials AASPORTS for a 15 1-5% discount off your first order for new shoppers. Um, and if you're not ready to follow them yet, or if you're not ready to buy just yet, go follow them on their socials. Please keep supporting all local and small businesses, whoever they may be. Um, baseballism included, they support us, so go support them. Go check out those new collections uh, and keep supporting. Thank you. All right. Well, congrats to the. Um, Thanks, Kev. Congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs, Alex's own, as he spent some time in Georgia in his, in his young adult life. Um, the man said it himself. He didn't think that Georgia would beat Bama. didn't think Georgia could, could beat Bama because of the little brother mentality. But, hey, they got over the hump. It was a great game. I enjoyed watching it, um, for not only for obvious reasons, but just it, was a, it didn't go as I expected. I, I, I don't know if I can – I don't know if y'all can say the same thing, but um, – it didn't go as to Alex's formula or formula as he predicts with Bama games they pull away in the second half. I, I personally didn't think Bryce Young um, uh, looked great as a Heisman winner, but, I mean, what do I know? I'm just here doing a podcast. Um, but I thought Georgia made him really uncomfortable um, and, and proved it and showed it very obviously. Um, and I just thought they were – somebody told me uh, – Somebody told me they thought it came down to experience, and you can say whatever that, you know, um, uh, Bama was out, their top two wide receivers, including some of their – including some of their corners to that. Uh, but what I say to that is Bama is so deep that even their third stringers are like three, three four-star guys. So don't give me none of that, oh, they were out their top guys. This is why they're always there, because their third and fourth stringers are just ready to – are ready to be there in two, three years. So don't give me any of that. Um, but, Yeah. Would you think? point their running back, Brian Robinson, who has been stuck behind the likes of Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Bo yeah. Scarborough, yep. all these starting running backs that have made it into the draft in the NFL. And he thought about transferring multiple times, but now he, he what was it, like his fifth or sixth year senior or whatever, and he's the starting running back and one of the best running backs in the country because of it. Yep, yep. He stayed, waited, and now he's shining. Or he did shine, I should say. Um, but the whole reason we want to talk about the coolest guys is uh, just in the whole – well, Alex, I'm going to give you – do you have anything to say? On the game? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. The second and third string guys are usually better than a lot of guys who play in other places, but the difference is in practice, you know I mean, to some degree. It would be kind of ignorant to say that injuries don't make if – a game to some degree. You know, I mean, I think it's the outlier to say otherwise, because we have the example of when Colt McCoy went down versus Alabama in the national championship and we didn't win it. So to say like, oh, injuries don't. Well, yes, they do. Yeah, they, they do. do. Um, not, yeah, they, they do. do. Um, it was still a good game. I, 
if, I mean, from top to bottom, regardless, Al, Georgia outplayed Alabama. It looked like in every phase, even the one big swing play, I don't necessarily agree with. That was the one where it was maybe a fumble. Uh, the quarterback maybe fumbled. It looked pretty clear to me that his hand was going forward. But again, what the fuck do I know? I'm not getting paid. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, you got to say injuries play a role. You lose your guy, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. It is a thing, but it kind of, regardless of that, even if they had him, I don't know how much that would have changed the game. I don't know if the score would have been a whole lot closer. Um, Cause you had some pretty big plays from, from Georgia's offense. I mean, that's a offsides call that turned into a touchdown. That was huge. That was huge. Especially after giving up that fumble, literally after that fumble, the quarterback went like four for four with two touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge. Um, so congratulations to Kirby Smart. Congratulations to, to to Georgia. It's cool that Kirby Smart, I believe he won a championship both as a player and a coach. I think he was there in the 80s, if not before, and won with, with Georgia. I think oh, wow. I don't know off the top of my head, but I know he definitely played there for sure. So it's cool to see him win a, win a natty with, with him. Um, but I would also say, you know, don't rule out – Bama in the next coming years. The average class for the Alabama player was a sophomore. That tells you anything about them right now. I um, heard a, I heard somebody say too that in Nick Saban's time there, he's had at least one class of his, one recruiting class of his, win a natty so far. So I mean, sure. I mean that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, and okay, the fact is he was this close from winning his second back-to-back national championship. The second, that's four just in those. I mean, it's so three out of four years. Um, impressive, nonetheless. You know what I mean? But again, more credit needs to go to Kirby Smart and and that coaching staff for what they did. Again, top to bottom, dominated that game. You know what I mean, it, yeah, it was yeah. Georgia's game from the start. Uh, so again, good for them. But yeah, that, that's that, that's that's my piece. You know what I mean, you you, you got to take your licks, but. You still got outplayed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. What are you going to do, man? Yeah, um, but, but the whole reason we wanted to well, – yeah, obviously we wanted to touch on the game, but um, the transfer portal and the NIL have been, have been uh, very – I'm not going to say popular, but they've been – I mean, they've – They've been uh, relevant, I guess. There's the right word in the past couple of weeks, if not. Oh, right. hold on. Well, I guess we'll get to that. Never mind. Go ahead. What? What? I was gonna say you had a question for me last week. And oh it was more yeah. Related. I, I just remembered that. Yeah, we'll I get did. to it. At the, we'll we'll get to it at the end. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back. to it at the end. We have we'll we circle have, around. We have some time. We'll we'll be real quick about this. But um, uh, we'll I think you said. Didn't you say like 3,000 members so far, or 3,000? I just didn't say members. 3,000 students or something like that have entered the transfer portal. There was a three week period towards the end of this year. I think it was kind of getting into that bowl game time where 3,000 players uh, from across the nation entered the transfer portal. But there was five players from Alabama and two players from Georgia that entered the transfer portal that Tuesday, literally less than 24 hours after the national championship game had been played. So you got any words on it? 
before we all spew our guts? Well, there's, it's, I mean, gut spewing can ensue. It's one of those things where fuck. You know I mean, like it's, 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 um, I don't want to say it's ruining college football because college football is not the same like sport that the NFL game is like, they play the same game kind of, they even have different rules, but it's really, it feels like two entirely separate sports from how the champion is crowned, how the teams play, what they do, how they recruit, like what the players have to do what the coaches have to do. It's like two entirely different worlds. It is. There's really like no consistency. But the problem with the NCAA is that there is no true governing body. There's a dude at the top who's more like a puppet figure uh, than he is like an actual like operating. Like he doesn't really do operations. He's just kind of like a figurehead. He's the he's the he's the queen to the parliament kind of a situation, it would seem. Um, But because the there's no real way to introduce like legis- not legislation, but like rules and guidelines and like safety stuff for players and coaches. It's becoming like this crazy wild, wild west, like free for all type of situation where players can just like up and leave whenever they want to. They're throwing away scholarships because they decide to go to the transfer portal and don't get picked up. There's teams that can just literally buy players at this point. Literally, Caleb Wilson, who became the starting quarterback after Spencer Rattler shat multiple beds in Oklahoma, got is going to get paid a million dollars in the NIL by somebody. I think it was either in Auburn or in Georgia – like he's he's literally leaving to go get paid. Like it's it's pretty evident that that's what's happening now. I mean, there's nothing to stop anybody from going like, "Yo, Bob's dealership in fucking Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is gonna pay you a million dollars to come be the quarterback at Alabama," and nobody is gonna fucking say no to that. No, because number one, national championships, best coaches, yada yada, a pedigree. You look at all the players who have come from there. Hurts to a Mac Jones just recently, not to mention all the running backs, and then you get a million dollars on top of that. Like, I'll suffer in Alabama for four years. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's going to be more towards the big schools who can afford that. You know what I mean? I think you're going to get some small schools who do that. Um, now, some of the cool thing about it is, is that you will see teams kind of maybe even out and you will see teams get better. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of HBCU teams get better, especially now that they're getting like, top 100 recruits out of high school to join these HBCUs. I think it was like the number one athlete and the number one overall both joined Jackson state where Deion Sanders is coaching. Um, So maybe more of these players will go there or maybe more of them are going to go to UTSAs and Texas States and Houston's and all these other kind of smaller schools, Cincinnati, traditionally smaller schools um, because they can get paid a little bit because, you know, they got a, you know, they got a, a, be able to get more playing time because that's really the big reason that a lot of these guys are transferring. If you look at both all what seven players from Alabama and Georgia who are leaving, all of them didn't play. They had like 10, 15 tackles on the season. They had like five, 10 catches on the season. Like they weren't playing. So they're leaving for playing time. They're leaving for the potential to get money. And we've seen that do some pretty significant things. We saw what happened when Jalen Hurts left Oklahoma or left Alabama and went to Oklahoma. He was amazing, got drafted really high. Now he's playing in the NFL. 
Now, conversely, you see what happens when you stay and try to battle out people. You see Mac Jones, who was in a room full of quarterbacks for three, four years. Joe Burrow was actually at Oklahoma, no, Ohio State before he transferred to LSU. And in his first season at LSU, had one of the greatest college football seasons of all time. So there's positives. There's a lot of negatives. But the problem is that there's no rules. There's no way to, like, corral or make sure it's safe for the kids or that they're making the best choices that they're being represented properly it's and i think coaches hate it i think it's turning off a lot of head coaches um kev you got anything (laughs) i just don't like the timing of it like i think they just need to say you got to finish out the scholastic year before you transfer over at least the the sports year but I, i don't like these players jumping into the portal right after the championship weekend. And then you got the bowl game, all the bowl games over the next month, including the national championship. And then you got players transferring out. You got players that are choosing not to play. Um, and I understand their body's a temple and you need to make, protect it because that is your income moving forward into the NFL and blah, 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 blah. But they need to. Who's that kid Ole Miss? The quarterback at Ole Miss just tore his ACL, and then the wide receiver at Alabama just tore his ACL, and both of them yeah. are going to drop in draft slots like crazy. Yeah. So they're going to make seven million, not ten. The bastards. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. It's like, okay, you're still making money, but that's just that's I don't know. The world's made of greed. <laughs> it is. So, um, but as far as like the players that don't want to play because they're going into the draft. Okay. I can understand that maybe a little bit more, but those that are entering the transfer portal before their season's even over, they're not going into the, into the NFL. They're going to another school. Like just finish out the year. I don't get it, but I don't know. One of the Florida players made a comment about it. Um, like he was entering before the bowl game. That was before their bowl game. He was entering the portal. I forgot who the guy is, but he was entering the portal and uh, he made it clear that he was going to be entering after the game, like when the game was over. And they asked him, well, why, why wait till after the game? And he's like, because I'm a Gator, man. I'm a Gator right now. You, you suit up. And, I mean, I wish, I wish all the guys had that mentality. I, I when, like, as these guys have been, as, as these guys have been uh, going into the portal these last couple of weeks in the bowl season, I've been trying to keep at what Alex has said in the past in mind as far as guys wanting better situations for themselves. Um, Cause I mean, it does make a good point because you never know what guys are going through. You never know what, um, yeah, just plain and simple how they're living their everyday lives. And, you know, if they may want to put themselves in a better situation, you can't fault a guy for that. But at the same time, like I think about, you know, Spencer Rattler who got benched and, and got butt hurt. So he transferred. Uh, I think about those type of situations where like, okay, I'm not getting any playing time. I'm going to go somewhere. I will get playing time. Like, dude, whatever happened to fighting for a spot? You know, you lost Again, your spot. You lost just, your spot. Not to belittle your point, but to reiterate, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Wasn't sorry. getting playing time at Ohio State. Went to LSU. Had the single greatest quarterback season ever. And then won a national championship. And this is true. This is true. But I I think you said earlier. It's that's just the outlier. You're right. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. outlier. Um. Like, that's one in how many cases, you know? Right, exactly. And like, every other guy. You can talk about other players that transferred, too. You got Kyler Murray transferred from Alabama to Oklahoma, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
and had his Baker uh, Mayfield transferred from that. Texas Tech. One of one of Heisman. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. But um, I just think it's gotten a little out of hand. And I definitely think the NIL deals have just gotten out of hand. I don't think the NCAA thought about that for one second as far as, well, let's just get these, these guys played to avoid, you know, any any trouble. No. Like, these guys getting paid this amount of money or, you know, signing deals. To, like like Alex said, I wasn't even aware of some of these some of these things. But if they're getting – if they're getting phone calls that like, oh, hey, this dealership will pay you so much money if you just come to school over here. Like, just, they're not professionals yet. Just plain and simple. They're still kids. Just that's like, how hard is that to understand? Well, I don't to know. some degree, they were already making this money. Some of them were maybe not as much, but like some of these guys were still making the money. You know I mean, uh, yeah, just a car they were driving or all the right. whatever. You know what I mean? Regardless, um, though, I just I just think it's gotten I just think it's gotten out of hand. There's just that is way too much movement. Um, see, but that's the thing. I'm all for the movement. I don't care. There just is no rules to it. There's no way to like protect kids from it. You know what I mean? Because again, how many kids are missed out of high school and then go to like a D two D three whack? You know, and fuck Derek Carr played at fresno state and he's a top 10 quarterback in the nfl right now he was missed he was missed you know what i mean yeah. baker mayfield didn't get any looks from any school outside of texas tech and he's a serviceable quarterback in the nfl when he's healthy you know what i mean like i don't mind because you can be overlooked do you know how many kids are playing fucking high school football in the united states it's, it's a crazy amount kids get picked up and they end up being terrible Kids don't get picked up and they end up being amazing. Cam Newton is another great example. He played at Blinn University in Brenham, Texas, right next to College Station, transferred to uh, Auburn, and then won a national championship right after that. He's the only player in college collegiate sports to win both a JUCO and a regular co <laughs> uh, national championship so like kids get overlooked but the problem is is like when can you enter the transfer portal how long can you be in the transfer portal for what happens if you don't get picked up by somebody do you get to come back you know what i mean those are the rules that need to be looked at you know what i mean it's not whether you yeah. can or can't because shit it's not your fault <laughs> do you also think there should be a cap on it because i know that guys enter the portal multiple times no no, cap. you get to go as many times if you want to battle for your spot every single time. If you want to live in a different state, you get to do that. No one gets to tell you where to go or where to live. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, it's not even so much just the team, but you can choose where you want to go to school. Yeah, yeah, okay. But again, it's I just don't like the timing. Them. That's that's my that's my biggest issue with the whole thing, it's just the timing of it. Sure, finish out the 100%. finish out the season first, the bowl season, and then and then transfer. Even yeah. if you don't play in the bowl, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because again, that's your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get hurt, that's your money. No one's gonna remember the tax slayer bowl, but they will remember how you did in that combine. But if you can't participate in that combine, the point is that they're transferring, they're not going to the combine, not for another right. year. No, I agree. So even if they did get hurt in the bowl game, there's plenty of time for them to recover before going to the combine and go to the NFL. I would agree. Yeah, I. the timing, I think, is a good one. Because it also helps coaches. Because coaches get no life with early signing bonuses, having to hit the transfer portal really hard constantly. Uh, like, it's a thing. You know what I mean? 
Like it's definitely a thing for coaches. Like they have zero time to do anything at this yeah. point. You know what I mean? Outside of recruiting, it feels like, which is, yeah, like that's your job, but also like, it's not your, I mean, it's your fucking job, I guess, but still, like, I feel like you should be able to spend more time like coaching and mentoring and, and educating and leading, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus just being a salesman. You know what I mean? All right, then. Um, I'll ask you the question next week. For those of you wondering the question uh, to Alex, I'm not going to say the question, but it, it is in regards to a quarterback in Green Bay. But I'll save it for next week when they, when they actually are ready to play because we got to I, – I at least got to go. So. so which one of two is it? <laughs> <laughs> which one of two is it? Okay. Well, we'll I'll say it. I'll ask it, but we'll save it. Um, we'll so, just say there's no love lost here. How about that? Yeah, there's no – yeah. Um, so I think it's or fair to say – I think it's fair to say the Packers are are one of the heavy favorites to at least make a deep run or if not win the Super Bowl. Um, my question is that we'll save for next time only because I have to go. Aaron Rodgers has won Super Bowl uh, to date. If he doesn't win this year, is it because his heart isn't in Green Bay anymore? If it's not well, – and if he doesn't win, if, it, if that's not the reason, what is missing over there? What, like – there's been so much drama. I'm not gonna say so much drama, but there's been drama over there over whether or not he does want to be the want to be there. Um, and he's you know said if I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. And you know he plays and he's uh, playing at an MVP level. He's probably gonna win, win MVP this year again. Um, but if the Packers don't win, if don't win at all this year, what's missing over there? So uh, we'll save that for next time. But um, so I got favorite things. I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got. I mean, I do a couple actually. Uh, I am the football champ. That's <laughs> sorry. I have to do that one. Um, no, one of my favorite things is in the press conference after the national championship when uh, the press was talking to Bryce Young and um, I think it was a uh, Williamson. The defensive line for the for Alabama. <clears throat> the media was done with them and said, "Okay, well, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to Nick Saban." And then both the players are starting to get up, and Saban actually sits them down. It's like, "Hey, uh, these guys played their hearts out, and uh, I'm proud of them." Blah blah blah. He's got his players back, so I, I, I like seeing that from the coach. Yeah. especially in that situation. So I thought that was cool. Now, the funny one that I found from the weekend was in the Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars game. I think it was the first penalty. And the umpire turns on his mic and just to make sure that everybody can hear him. He's like, hey, hey, hey. The entire crowd yells back, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like I got that clip right here. That's hilarious. Let's see. So, yeah, I thought that was funny. Oh, that was funny. I missed that. Uh, so, for me, um, of the 
of all the players under the age, or excuse me, of all the players who are 19 and below playing in English Premier Leagues, or actually all five Premier Leagues, all five top Super Leagues in Europe, so La Liga, Premier League, Bundesliga, um, again, U19, the United States had four out of the five players with the most minutes and that is amazing. The fact that the United States is producing so much talent. We are more than ever sending over youth talent, under 21 talent overseas. Like I said, Pepe just signed to Augsburg. Uh, a 19-year-old from Philadelphia Union is now playing, or at least practicing with Chelsea, which is huge. He's a goalkeeper there. He, we are, they already have, oh no, excuse me, Man City has Zach Steffen. So there's a chance that you know, Tim Howard kind of broke the broke the ice as far as goalkeepers in in England, you know, and he played for for I think it was only the one team, but now there's a chance that we'll have two different players on two different teams starting both youth, both Americans. Like if you look at the US roster right now, I think in like I think only six players play domestically. Like the world is taking notice of the talent that we are producing both through the collegiate ranks and through academies. Um, and it's extraordinary. Like it's, it's, it's becoming a very, it's very much a snowball effect. It was kind of like, we have some, we have some, we have some, now we have more, now we have more. And it's just getting bigger and more expensive transfers too. And it's just, it's, it's so great to see that because it's very much in line with what you see in, in other, you know, international like powerhouses, Brazil, not a great domestic league, but that's because all the good guys go play in Europe. You know what I mean? Um, like you, Argentina is the same. Mexico is the same. All the good guys go play overseas. All the good guys go play with the better teams, better competition constantly. And it's now very, and I've been talking about this for like a year and a half. And I know you guys are fucking tired of it, but like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, this is a critical point in U.S. men's national like history with just how many players overseas the level of talent that the youth have right now that not only are we doing it just individually, but again, our programs, Philadelphia union, uh, Dallas FC, Austin FC, you know, like the youth academies are producing talent like no other. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's incredible. We have the most under 19 signings in the top five, for the first time ever, like that's fucking crazy. That means that the U.S. produce is producing better talent than every other major soccer country in the world right now. Will you believe that shit? Now that could that should be the case, considering how many fucking people we have. We're like 18 times the size of every other one of those countries. But the fact is that we're doing it now. It's not like the six guys who are going to play into their 60. Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, Howard, those guys. I mean, we have like repeated, like repetitive talent and we're making new talent every year. That is crazy. That's huge. I love love how excited you are about it. (laughs) That's crazy. And nobody's, well, now they're talking about it. I've been saying this shit for years. Uh, My favorite, I'm just going to go with, we get to watch, uh, we get to watch some playoff football this weekend. So enjoy it. Continue to be good to yourself and be good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive, don't section drive. With that, we will say later. Peace. See you.